If you want to be happy and successful, then don't put your metrics of happiness and success outside of yourself. Welcome to the Think India series of audio and video podcasts by Brand Capital International. This is the place where you're going to see top insiders, entrepreneurs and innovators who are going to come and share with us their secrets on how to build a company ground up and take it global. All coming from the hub of innovation, the Silicon Valley. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Think India series Brand Capital International. My name is Piyush Puri and today with us we have an accomplished leader and strategist, Blair Lacote. So Blair is the president of AI.AI. Welcome Blair. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'd like to know a little bit more about your, your journey. So you moved from private aviation to private equity, from live event technology to artificial perception systems. Tell us a little bit more about how all of this happened. Well, you know, I was very fortunate as a youngster because I grew up with two entrepreneurial families. And my dad had a, a soft services business. He was a recruiter. So I got to listen to what people did for a living. And on the other side, my stepfather and my mother had a small airline, which is a really horrible business. So on one side, I got to listen to all these inspiring stories. On the other side, I actually got to see how hard it is to run a physical business with physical assets. And so I went to, went to college and I was going to get a business degree and I was going to get a job and I was going to work my way up through a company for 20 years. Eventually, the lessons I learned when I was younger um, from both of my parents actually came to be. And, and that was sometimes not taking a risk is the riskiest thing you can do. Right. And if you're going to take a risk, then find what you're really good at and find how you're relevant to someone else and earn your way in to being able to do something different. So whatever I did, I tried to take something from my last jobs and sell in that if you hire me, this is what you'll get. And then everything on top of that is all going to be upside. So it was, I actually had a, a plan. Right, right. Amazing. Uh, so, so you mentioned that there was already some experience in aviation in the family. So during your term at Exojet, uh, the market share for the company went up from 9% to 23%, while the market shrunk by 30%. So, so tell us, what, what did you do at Exojet during those three years that, that you saw such a significant change? I was put in charge of this project. We're in a recession. The market is down. We're functionally bankrupt. So we turned that on its head and said, so we have nothing to lose. So let's be creative. So what we did is incented people to figure out how to actually change the business model without changing the safety factor. And so the key at Exojet was we were so desperate that we actually got creative and looked at the numbers and figured out how to actually take 70% of the long flights in the country. And when people woke up, everyone else in the industry was bankrupted. We bankrupted seven companies. Before we bankrupted seven companies, I went to every company and begged them to merge. Mm -hmm. They said, yeah, we don't think so. You're stupid. You haven't been in aviation before. Mm -hmm. So while we changed our business model, they all thought we were stupid. Mm -hmm. By the time they woke up, it was too late and all of them went out of business. Wow. So you bankrupted seven companies. You took the market share to 23% and then you decided to leave Exojet and you know, move on to your next venture. Talk to us a little bit more about the biggest risk that you can take in life is not taking any risk at all. Why is it so important to move out of your comfort zone and, and find something else that you think you do even better at? My opinion is that you have to understand who you are. And um, listen, awareness is a very difficult thing, whether it's in therapy for your relationship or where it's therapy for your business. When I was at TPG, in fact, and I invented this role called human capital where I would interview all the executive staff 
when we bought a company or thought about buying a company, I'd also hire the executive staff. And in doing that, I actually would take two hours of what I would call therapy and try to get them to cry, right? Because if I could get inside someone and, and find out what they really wanted to do, I'd know what to do with them. I always knew deep down at the end that I'm better bringing a team from zero to 80 miles an hour than I am on optimizing it from 80 miles an hour to 100 and fixing it and running it. And so if I could take my ego out of it, the challenge about leaving when you're at the top of your game is you're making more money than you've ever made before. But you can also take that and you can trade that success to give you the chance to go into someone else's industry and take the risk that maybe in that next business, I'm going to be a failure. So you then decided to join AI.AI, and you're currently the president of the company. Tell us about how you're applying these same principles at a company that uh, claims to be uh, and producing an autonomous car sensor that can supposedly see better than humans. AI, look, it, to me, it was, it was just another opportunity to learn. So what I always say is you bring patterns and you bring your understanding of people and that always transfers. In this case, what I said to the team was, look, when you're gonna build a, a new system for autonomous car, you're gonna have to do hardware, you're gonna have to do software, you're gonna have to transfer data, and you're gonna have to have a go-to-market model that's different. And while you guys really know how the technology works, I've been in a lot of industries, let me try to help you. So I invested in the company. I thought the asset was exceptional. I also thought that uh, I like to be a contrarian and underestimated. Most people who build autonomous cars today are start with the computer and say, the more data I collect, the better. It's going to be able to process everything in the world and it's going to get cheaper and faster. We realize that if you use biomimicry, which is how a human actually collects data, that collecting all the data in the world, unfortunately, is autism, mm -hmm. right? Because you don't have enough time. The difference between information density and time to process that density means that you actually you can't actually process it as quickly and therefore you have to focus on a narrow set of data so using that biomimicry we said that we think the model that everyone in the world is using today is wrong what we'd like to do is intelligently collect data like a human does and then be able to do it with less power and faster i not only thought i could add value but i thought that proposition you know, I think that one's worth running at. So I'm, I'm going to switch the gears a little here, uh, going a little macro. Uh, I want to know what your views are when you think of emerging markets like India. What comes to your mind when somebody says, think India? More word that comes to my mind is the future. I think if you step back far enough from this, you start to see that your biggest strength is always your biggest weakness. The U.S. is the largest economy in the world has blinded us in a lot of ways. We seem to always be on the, the front edge. And the world is changing. You take a look at China and they have the capabilities, for instance, in autonomous cars. They're building infrastructure every day. They can make it smart from the beginning. Right. I think India, again, offers an, that same type of opportunity is that there will be a resurgence. All the technology will be taken. It will be reconfigured. And there will be entrepreneurs um, there or there'll be uh, companies from the U.S. who come in and take advantage of the, of the great growth. If you can't look at emerging markets in the future, then you have a very difficult time being right. a successful company. Given that you've worked extensively in the transportation industry, how do you see the recent advancements in technology helping countries with major populations like India and very different terrains you know, benefiting from these advancements that we've had. Well, you are, listen, you've already seen some of it um, with even the way that the aviation um, business is trying to reconfigure itself in India. The fact that you could use drones right. uh, is going to change everything. If you were a strategist and you weren't 
bias by your own experiences, by living in the America and seeing things we saw today, and someone came to you and said, this is, this is a growing population, it's, um, it's actually very entrepreneurial, that, it, it's, that they have massive amounts of people in large cities and they have great amounts of uh, open space, then you would say, how would I repurpose? We're thinking ahead and saying, let's figure out a way, not only on a social basis, but on a technology basis to leapfrog right. what we would have done in the past. Right, right, right. right. So essentially bringing the social, social cultural, and the technological context to, to, together. together. So part of this cultural is that if you can get people who really understand their market, mm-hmm. you may have 60%, 70% of the answer, but they will take it to the next level. And I think when you enter a new market, you have to have that attitude, right. is that understand the history. They didn't get where they are by chance. Yeah. There were reasons where that was the first level of, uh, of advancement, and now they just need some ideas. Right. Well, we have one last question for you. What is your secret to long-lasting success? I got some great advice at a very difficult time in my life, uh, like six years ago. And the advice was, if you want to be happy and successful, then don't put your metrics of happiness and success outside of yourself. So I think the reason that I'm difficult to kill like a cockroach is because my metric success is, am I learning every day? Am I kind? Did I make a difference? So as long as I'm doing that, I can live through the hard times. Technology is just the what. The why is how you work with people and what the business model is. And we complicate this too much. And if we really want to have fruitful lives, a profession, it should be part of it. But it should be part of it. It's a sport we play. So let's stop defining it as the be-all and end-all. Now, that said, having grown up poor, I, I, it doesn't, it's not bad to get rewarded either, right? Right, right. Well, very inspiring words. Thank you so much for joining us today, Blair. And we are very grateful to have you here with us uh, for the Think India podcast with Brand Capital International. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for having me.